When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Things are looking interesting right now for the Hurricanes, and uh, we're here to talk about it. My name's my name's Brett Finger, and I'm joined by Andrew Schnicker and Ryan Hankel. It's been a pretty busy week. Been some things going happening. to get busy. Jake Bean is gone. Alex Nedeljkovic is gone. Morgan Geeky was already gone. Uh, a very clear disrespect for the Calder Cup championship shown by. Don Waddell and company. Hopefully Martin Natchez is safe and um, he stays away from his phone. Because who knows? Let's let's start with the let's start with the big news. And I think when we talked about this last week or, or the week before or something, our sentiment was surely the Nadelkovic deal will get done. I mean then well ho- hopefully it's it's fine and and all of that. And as it turns out, nothing's ever fine. And Alex Nedeljkovic was traded to the Detroit Red Wings. Hockey town. And upon the, the trade being completed, he signed for two years, $3 million AAV. This was shocking. I mean, this really came out of nowhere. And, you know, maybe... You'd, you don't expect the negotiations to go super smoothly, but you don't really expect the a Calder nominee who had the best save percentage in the league to get traded. So that that was that was uh, interesting. I wrote like two thousand words about it, so I, I don't want to start. So Ryan, we'll start with you. It it just it was so out of left field, like. I like sure we had heard that like the Canes didn't want to go to arbitration with Nedeljevic and like we had heard like those rumblings but like I never expected when I looked at my phone on Carolina Hurricanes sending Alex Nedeljevic out I like double tripled quadruple quintuple checked my phone wow quintuple like, checked I quintuple checked the rare the, the quintuple accounts. check it was it was I was like I was like there's no way in hell this just happened what <laughs> it was it was quite shocking. <laughs> and like I I was I was literally just blown away. It was it's really one of those things where like I just couldn't make sense of it. And like you were saying, like for a Calder like a Calder finalist says that there've never been a Calder finalist never. traded away. Ever. And like I gotta think the Canes have a plan, but boy. To uh to add to what you just said, in the history of the National Hockey League, in the history of the Rookie of the Year Calder Trophy, not once has a finalist for that trophy been traded in the offseason following it. And that's from Brennan Clack, who did the digging, and that's pretty amazing. And Nadalkovic is the first. Yeah, I mean, I, I was stunned at the time. I mean, the, you know, you're thinking, like, 
the Hurricanes have struggled for so long to find their goalie of the future. Um, and it, it certainly looks like they might have one, albeit, albeit. And we've said this before, too. We've Ryan said it in a story that he did about what Nedeljkovic's next contract might look like. We've said it on this podcast that it was a small sample size and there was no guarantee and you needed to see more. And I guess the Hurricanes decided that they didn't want to see more. I, I You know, you, you wrote about this in your... By the way, guys, Brett did a phenomenal story breaking down uh, kind of every angle of why this move was made, and I highly recommend checking that out. But, you know, they kind of, I guess, had decided, you know, based on their five years of him in the organization that he wasn't their guy. And, uh, you know, that hot run, a stellar run that he had last year, uh, but only 20-some games, I guess, just did not change that for them. And they decided, you know, they were, I think probably a little gun shy about his arbitration, which is fair. And that, you know, we heard Dom Waddell say, we saw Dom Waddell said this in an exclusive interview on the Thursday that the move was made. Mm, yeah. Yeah. With the one he did with Sarah Sivian. And then when we heard from Dom Waddell in his media availability, Saturday, a media availability will be referencing continually throughout this podcast, but he just basically talked about the fact that, you know, they decided based on the fight, you know, they'd had him and that they wanted to go in a different direction. Um, and that they think a veteran goalie makes more sense for them as they're trying to win. Now, the one thing I do want to say is see a lot of stuff like, Oh, the hurricanes are cheap. The hurricanes won't like, that's not what this is. It's about how they value certain people. And you can talk all day if, if you want to, if whether or not they're right, about how they valued Nadelkovich because they very well may not be, but this is a team that's ultimately going to spend in the cap. So they're not being cheap. They're just, they're making decisions on how they're going to spend that money. It very much feels like uh, Bill Belichick and like with the Patriots, like he, he will not overpay for talent. Like he'll have guys come out and they're like, yeah, I want to make a big contract. It's like, you could go make that money somewhere else, but I'm going to find just some random dude off the waiver wire somewhere else to replace you. Just keep chugging along. Well, and the Hurricanes also did trade it down a billion times for extra picks in the draft on Saturday. So they're operating in very uh, Belichickian fashion these days. It just, when you looked at the how Nadelkovich came along and, and, and when you just kind of look at everything, it just seems really obvious to me that they don't think he's a starter. Like Andrew said, whether they're right about that or not, um, they made their evaluation and entering the season, they put him on waivers and they very clearly didn't think they he, that he was the goalie of the future at that point. And realistically, there was nothing he was going to do short of like winning a Stanley cup in like a con Smythe, like there was nothing he was going to do to change their minds. And, you know, he played 23 games and he was outstanding this season. And that wasn't enough. In retrospect, it kind of makes sense that this was always kind of where it was destined to go. You know, the, the, the reported number that they wanted was 1.5. That is, that is textbook league backup money. So there you have it. I mean, they're, they're, 
they were they think he's a backup. They offered him backup money. That's that. So I kind of I kind of wrote about how maybe this means that they're going to do something different in that. It would be interesting to see like and like all of this kind of depends on what they do next, right? Like whether this was a good decision, all that. Like it totally depends on what they do next. And it'll be interesting to see if they go back to a tandem kind of thing, what the money looks like for that. Because if they go back to using a tandem and splitting starts, Nadelkovich was the best performing and the youngest of their most previous tandem, and they said no to three and a half, three million dollars, whatever it had to be. They have some interesting options i guess we can talk about that a little bit they get jonathan bernier in the trade and i think bernier's fine like i think he's a fine nhl goalie he has been for a very long time he's been in the league for like 10 years and he hasn't had a save percentage below 900 so i mean these are i mean he's very clearly an nhl caliber goalie Played on some bad teams too yeah he played on a very bad detroit team last year and he was very good strong strong numbers yes absolutely so uh, you know if they sign him what is he is is he going to be the veteran starter i don't i wouldn't imagine that would be the case that's not really the guy that if you want to win right now and win a cup i mean i don't know about that that's a tough sell for me it could be wrong and they have Mrazek and reimer and pierre lebrun's reporting makes it seem like they're both going to hit the open market um, and Mrazic's agent has said that they'll keep the door open to Carolina. Other free agent options, not overly not inspiring. <laughs> like I, like I saw, I think it was in Sarah's piece talking. Like one of the goalies that I kept hearing was Yaroslav Halak. I'm like, what? What? Why do? Yeah. What is Yaroslav Halak like? You I might mean, as well just keep Mrazic at that point. Right. Keep Mrazek in the. I think keeping Mrazek is a great option. I mean, he was I, phenomenal. Yeah, sure. Healthy last year. Um, LeBron had another story out today, in which he uh, had so he must have gotten his own thing with Waddell because there were some new quotes. One of which was Waddell said that what their hope and I guess he feels good about is signing one of the three that they currently own the rights to before Wednesday, and then looking at the market. For um, the second one, I think a trade is probably not out of the question, too. LeBron even said in the same piece um, that he thought the Hurricanes could have interest in Darcy Kemper, which I would be very interested to go back and count all of the times that we have talked about Darcy Kemper on this podcast. And I um, remain a fan of that option. I am a big Darcy Kemper fan. Like, if you want to sell me on the fact that they got rid of Nedeljkovic because they want to try to make a bigger splash and do better, then mm-hmm. I think Darcy Kemper is one of the few options for that. Like, I'm I'm skeptical that you can... Because the other thing that's interesting to me is Waddell made a comment yesterday about, like, we think we're a great opportunity for goalies. We have a pretty good defense. If you're trying to sell me on the fact that, like... A goalie, any goalie can come in here and like do well behind the Hurricanes defense. We talked about this, I think maybe two podcasts ago. Ryan talked about it quite a bit about like with Dean Chanelth moving on and looking at last year with the high danger chances the Hurricanes gave up 
and the goaltending they got, that narrative does not really hold up. That that is, I think, it, it's a kind of a league-wide misconception at this point. That's like, oh yeah, Hurricanes defense, like, just just throw some average goalie in there. Again, that that is not what happened this past season. Yeah, Canes are like Nadelzik really did kind of carry the load for the Canes this year. It was kind of incredible his high danger save percentage. Like, like was, yeah, he wasn't like hanging out, like just like cruising his way to these wins. Like, Jesus Christ! I mean, he was making some absurd saves. He made one of the saves of the year. Do you remember those Florida games? I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> those were unbelievable games, and like yeah. they needed goalies to steal those games. And if they don't steal those games, Florida beats them in the division. All right, like, and the Hurricanes lose to Tampa Bay in the first round. You know, like <laughs> this is not like a, you know, the defense is so staunch and like they just don't allow anything. It's like no, you haven't been watching the games. Like you don't know what what was happening. Um, so yeah, I agree that that's like a very weird narrative. And I think it's just because they have the names on the blue line, and you're like, oh, great blue line, but in reality. It didn't really play out that way. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I'm all aboard team trade for a goalie at this point. Like, I don't really I don't really love any of the UFA goalies currently. I'm not like I'm not a really big fan of like Frederick Anderson, Yaroslav you know, Halak. I mean Reimer, Bernier, and Mrazic are all like good. But I think the Canes need like if they want to compete for a cup, like the the Stanley Cup final was Price and Vasilevsky, like Yeah. It's a two elite goaltenders going at it, and not every year it'll be that. But I mean, like you go down the list, you know, Tuka Rask, uh, Jordan Biddington had his flash in the pan Cam Ward moment. I think he's still a good goaltender, but he's not quite the level he was there. Oh, you I want mean, to talk like, about a uh, number one goalie's winning a cup? It's about Braden Holtby on the trade block from Vancouver. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. No, not, not who I would think of. I mean, like, Darcy Kemper, yes. But then again, Darcy Kemper plays only half a season every year because he t- constantly is injured. I don't know. Is that a conditioning thing? Will Bill Burniston fix everybody's conditioning issues and make <laughs> them not break their bodies? And then also, like, Ben Bishop, like, I think he was on the block. Like, he was exposed by Dallas. I mean, could he be a trade target? Like, he plays extremely well, but again, if he's healthy and like did his last, I think it was a knee surgery he had to, and you know, I don't think goalies really bounce back well from a knee injury and a knee surgery. Cause you know, goalies are always bent over on their knees kind of. Yeah. So it's like, uh, those are big names. I think they would be interesting. Like if you're, if you want to make a spot, like you traded Nadeljic, like you, you already, you pushed into the fire. You are already, you're already burning a little bit. So you need to, <laughs> if you're going to make a move, like you can't be conservative about it at this point. You have to kind of keep pushing. So it's like, I think you can look at maybe one of those or like, hell put together a real good package of all these pro of a good amount of prospect. Go for John Gibson. Hell go for broke. Yeah. John Gibbs. That's another one. Again, if you're, if you're going to tell me, Oh, we want to make a splash. We want to do better. We, we want to like, we we saw what Vasilevsky just did for Tampa, and we want that. Then, yeah, Gibson, Kemper, 
you're you're not getting that on this free agent market. You're just unless you sign Tuka Rask and he is healthy, completely healthy. That's probably the only thing I can think of where like you have a chance at getting like elite goaltending off the free agent market. The John Gibson thing is just like it's been going on for a while now, and I'm just not convinced that they're ever going to do it. Anaheim, yeah, I just I don't think they're ever going to do it. If they if they do, if they even slightly open the door to it, Carolina should be the team that is the most aggressive about that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like Gibson's 28, and it's like how I mean like. The Ducks are not even looking close to competing. Like, no. Granted, the Pacific Division is one of the weakest in the NHL. Looking like, like it looks like Seattle could make the playoffs even with their poor roster construction. The France is special, <laughs> and like, even then, I'm like, I still look at the Ducks team. I'm like, I'm like, God, it's still so far away from being competitive. Like, they've wasted John Gibson's prime already. Yeah. It's only the right thing to do for them to trade into the Hurricanes, really. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> Why didn't the Hurricanes trade Hayden Flurry for John Gibson? It is in a world where John Gibson actually gets traded, that would be the best option. My second favorite option is Darcy Kemper, and if you go with Darcy Kemper and like Morazic or something, then it, it, pretty- if you do Even that, then in paper on paper, then then it looks fine. Even Kemper and Bernier, I think. Kemper Bernier, sure. Because yeah. I'm I'm wondering with the whole Morazic thing, like they went with Nedeljkovic over him for the playoffs, which was absolutely the correct decision at the time. But I almost wonder if like he's like, all right, like I wonder if he wants to be here. I mean, to be fair though, uh, like the two years ago, he he went and scouted the market, did the same thing, kind of Kane's like we're offering on the, the first day of free he agency, went, he came back. Yeah. He came back which and signed. Is, which could happen again. And I think, but I think what Waddell told LeBron today is smart too, though, that if if you want to, you probably want to sign one of the guys that you have before Wednesday. So you aren't like left without a, you know, standing up at the end of the game, a musical chair. It's like, well, shit, now we have to go trade whatever for two goalies, like two goalies yeah. <laughs> or use Beck warm. Not so, not so hot on that idea. Yeah, I'm a little lukewarm on that. Yeah, <laughs> saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, just a lot going on. Simply put, there's there's plenty going on. As if the Canes need, you know, fix their goaltending. Now they also need more defensemen. It, it, that's the thing, right? Like they're they're inviting all of these problems right now. After a season like that one, where you win the division and and you know you think you have a chance, now you're you are welcoming these these issues, right? And and this is far from over. Like there's a very real possibility that they made the right decisions every step of the way. Uh, is it likely that they made the right decision every step of the way? No. Um, it's never likely that when you invite all these overhauls after a, a very promising season uh very rarely do does everything go right but you know we've also talked about this it's like the ones that you get wrong 
need to be like Martinook or McGinn. Like you got to get the goalie right. You got to get Hamilton right. Those are two that you have no choice. And if you don't get those right, you're taking a step back. And there's no there's no way around that. I mean, if they get the goalies really not right, like there's a chance that like. Just because there's so much that's been added from those last teams that did it, it's hard to imagine the Hurricanes not making the playoffs. But, like, if you get the goalies really, really wrong, that's the one thing oh, that sure. And we've all, And we've all seen it before. Oh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I don't think that's... We've seen it decade long. No, this is not me saying, like, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I, I think the Hurricanes are too good for that to happen. And I think at least one of the goalies they get will be good enough. Like that, that is extremely unlikely, but it's not, especially as volatile as goaltending is. If you're bringing in two new ones, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they both absolutely bomb. Sure. I think, I think like, I'm just kind of like thinking, like we're talking about the like defense a little bit, like how Jake Bean traded for a second round pick. Kind of, I like, it's a really funny dichotomy with the Canes kind of philosophies on them. It's like they each pretty much had like one, like pretty much each had like half a season, really full season. And it's like, you look at like Nadeljevic and it's like, they just weren't sold on his sample size. And like, you know, and like, they just wanted to get like move on. They didn't want to pay him too much. And they're like being, it's like, yeah, they saw what enough of them. They didn't want him anymore. Well, the thing with, I mean, the thing with being is like, they exposed him in the expansion draft. They, we're not playing him big minutes. They clearly, I mean, we all saw how he struggled in the playoffs. And I still think there's a chance Jake Bean turns into a very good player, but clearly he was not part of the future plans here. I mean, Dom Waddell was saying it like he, he said, I think he said like, you know, we think Jake Bean's going to take the next step, but needed the second team to do yeah. it. And we see it sometimes basically said like, yeah, he may take another step, but it's not going to be here. It's kind of like the, Elias Lindholm thing like he was a good player but he was never a star right and when he went to a new team he scored like 40 goals I mean the thing about him is he went to a new team with the same with the same coach sure like and I and I still I would have been interested to see what he could have done with Rod Brindamore I think he would have I I think Brindamore would have loved Lindholm I do do too I think he would have been a big time contributor had he stayed i don't know if the numbers turn around the way that they did but he would have been a coach favorite he probably played with jordan stall that's probably why his numbers wouldn't have turned around like crazy (laughs) um so yeah uh jake bean was the other big trade uh big quote unquote and now i'm pushing it we all saw it coming yeah, I mean, even after the trade, I was like, hey, we'll see. We'll see if he's actually on the team, because I don't believe it for a second. Uh, it seemed pretty clear. The Hurricanes trading back from the first-round pick might be bigger than the Jake Main trade. It might be. Very well might be. Um, and now that, now that he is gone, they have... They have, I mean, the the blue line, if they don't sign Hamilton, say hello to, uh, what, like a Brady Shea, 
Jelena, Shea Jelena, top four pairing there. We'll see. Like, I still have no idea about Gardner. Like, what is he good to play? Will he play? I I don't know. I don't have any fucking idea. Uh, and he's under contract, right? So it'll, that's they have technically four guys, but one of them is Shea, who I'm still not very confident about. Uh, the other one's Gardner, who who knows if he's playing again. And then beyond that, it's you got Selgren, you got Jelena, you got Joey Keen. I mean, I'm not very keen on him playing a big role with the Hurricanes <laughs> this season. So, <sighs> even if they sign Hamilton, like, what does that third pairing even look like? Well, I think if I mean that was the other thing that Don said about trading Beam was I wanted a different look there. So. I mean, if Gardner's healthy, it's if Gardner's healthy, he's. I mean, he's still got a pretty useful skill set, and you bring in like just another like Yanni Hockenpah type for the right side. Like that's. I think that's. And this is again assuming you've either re-signed Dougie or signed some kind of power play guy which again in that LeBron piece today he they said he said like you know the Hurricanes have backup plans if they don't sign Dougie and LeBron said well I think Tyson Berry would be of interest which we've in both Uh podcast and written form talked about the uh the the reservations there but um they just this is I think the theme of the well I mean goalies are the theme of the offseason too but I think the theme of the offseason has been for weeks now and we've been on this train for weeks now is just you better sign Dougie. Like I don't see how they, especially with some of this other stuff that they've done now, I don't see how they avoid taking a step back without signing Dougie. That's, that's kind of what it comes down to. And especially after the moves that they're making and like, they're taking a lot of risks and all of a sudden signing Dougie and paying a little too much doesn't seem like such a risk anymore because they are playing it fast and loose a little bit with some of how they're going about this offseason because they have a number of holes to fill. As it stands right now, they need two goalies. They need at least two defensemen. They need at least a line of NHL forwards. I mean, they need <laughs> a lot. They need to sign Svechnikov still. Dougie Hamilton is scheduled to be a UFA. So is Brock McGinn and Jordan Martinook. So is um, uh, an RFA, Warren Fogle. I mean, what are they going to do with Fogle? Are they still going to sign him? Are they going to trade him? Like, again, they don't have a goalie, a singular goalie. <laughs> so they have a lot of stuff that they that they have to do. I do, thinking about Fogle now, I wonder if they were going to look at a trade for someone like Kemper or Gibson, if a young player like Fogel, who's maybe still got some upside and wants to prove himself in a bigger role. I wonder if Fogel could be part of a trade package for a goalie. I I'd think so. I mean, he's especially, a- I think for a team like Anaheim, that might, that might not be a terrible fit. Sure. <laughs> Spreading those rumors. No, in those not rooms, stoking nope. the fires. Exclusive, exclusive Kane's country rumor is that Kane's hard in on John Gibson. Fogel, the centerpiece of the package going the other way. Good, 
Good news, I think, though. I Like, I think I feel better about Dougie today than I did before yesterday, hearing yes. Waddell talk about it. Um, said that, obviously, the goal is still to sign him. They want to sign him. Said he feels like they've gotten closer. And, like, he's, the thing he said was, like, he feels good, but it's not a guarantee. Um, and from what it sounds like, again, in that LeBron report today and everything else, it's basically between the Hurricanes and... The Devils. the Devils, so it's yeah. probably going to be a matter of Dougie needs to decide if he wants to take the bigger contract he can probably get with the Devils or take a little less or however much less to stay here in a place where he is comfortable, he knows he has a good fit, and he knows he can win. I feel good about the Hurricanes' odds in Dougie Hamilton making that decision. If it was the way it would have been before some of the moves that other teams made where you've got also like multiple other teams, Chicago, Philly, you've got the, the flyers and the Blackhawks and maybe even the Kraken. Although I don't think for a number of reasons, I don't think the Kraken were ever likely for Dougie, but, yeah. um, but if it's just the Hurricanes and one other outside team, that's another team that probably isn't going to be ready to compete um in the near future and if you're Dougie like you're 28 like if it takes two or three more years for the devils to be ready like is that something you're willing you you know I mean look if he if he decides hey I want as much as I can get and I'll go wherever I can get it then good for him Um, I was I was feeling a lot better on on Dougie before Stan Bowman shotgunned the entire case of Natty Light and said, fuck it, giving Seth Jones $9.5 million. Well, here's. I here's don't know how of, much that's going to impact Dougie after thinking about it. I, I just think, like, it, I, like I thought Dougie was going to be, like, a, around a certain amount, but just seeing Seth Jones get paid that. Yeah, that, like, that I, like, was. I still that think was, the going to sign him. That was absolutely. Be, like, that was absolutely horrifying when I saw that contract. Eight years, like, nine and a half million. I mean, are you insane? You some way, somehow got Duncan Keith's bloated, dead corpse contract (laughs) off your books, and you immediately turned around and replaced it with another future albatross. NHL DMs do not learn; they never learn ever. You 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 guys have you you guys have seen um, Harry Potter. The, the, I'm the last movie, like right before the battle when Voldemort's like, oh, they never learn. NHL GMs, they never <laughs> learn. Never, ever, ever. They do the same stupid shit every time they get an opportunity. And it is just mind-boggling because there are 32 of these jobs. And it's the same people that do the same stupid things that get these jobs. It's like no matter how many times they fuck up, like, oh, the guy fucks up so bad and gets fired. And then, like, a year or two cycle goes by, and they're like, yeah, that's the guy we want. What? Come on. Philly gave but, up a yeah. king's ransom for Rasmus Ristolainen, who is he notoriously sucks. awful. <laughs> like, Chuck Fletcher's like, oh, that's a, you know, like, kind of a good player, but probably not worth Like, he sucks. He's not good. He's really, really bad. Like, he is I think terrible. I think, like, Chuck Fletcher got embarrassed, like, just, like, four seasons ago when he, like, Eric Hall and Alex Tuck packaged him to protect his roster. Yeah. In the expansion draft. It's like, I got embarrassed just four years ago, and, like, you go give him a job, and here we go. 
keep it going. Yes. But circling back to the comp thing, and Dom Waddell even got asked about this on Saturday and basically said, like, we're not looking at that. Like, we're looking at what makes sense for us. And the other th- side of that is, like, you have those comps, but then, like, again, circling back to the market, who's left to give it to him? Like, he's if, if the reports are to be believed, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that if he hits the market, another team could be like, all right, like this is Dougie Hamilton. We we gotta we gotta figure something out here. Um, but you would think that by this point they would have already made that decision because they've had the ability to talk to right. anyone for like the well, month. And this isn't a and this isn't a it's not a light undertaking either. Like you have to budget out and plan out a significant chunk of both money and cap space if you're gonna sign Dougie Hamilton. I also feel like like if you really like Hamilton, I feel like he's a guy like you either. You're you're in on him or you're not. I feel like he's kind yeah, of that kind of guy. Like you don't really change your mind later on because you kind of have your opinion on him. I feel like there's two schools of thought on him. There's the people who understand the right one and the wrong one. <laughs> right. Well, very much so. There's the people who understand that Dougie Hamilton is legitimately probably one of the four or five best defensemen in the entire NHL. And then there's the old like hockey man like. Ha ha, he know tough, he know him, he go to museums. Like <laughs> one hand, I see a six foot six defenseman who cannot hit. But on the other hand, I see these isolated impacts and point totals. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what's the story here? Well, the other thing that's and I thought about this yesterday when I was thinking about like all the comp stuff. It's like with the contract comps, it's kind of like like Stan Bowman doing something stupid and giving Seth Jones that contract. It's like it's like when you're a kid and you ask your parents if you can do something and you say and they say no and you're like, well, my friend gets to do it and they're like, well, I'm not your friend's parents. It's like Dougie Hamilton's <laughs> agent. Well, Seth Jones gets eight by nine. Well, I'm not I'm not Seth Jones GM. Like if Stan Bowman jumped off a bridge, would you follow? Him? Depending on the NHL GM, maybe. Yeah, it's just like it's a copycat league. It is very much so a copycat league. I guess everyone's going to be trying to go eight million over the cap, so maybe anybody could sign Dougie then. <laughs> but um, all right, we're uh, made our one cap cap joke of the day. All right, that's enough. Dougie is gone. Bean is gone. Hamilton still very much up in the air. There was a there's an entire NHL draft that happened over the weekend as well, and it took. Uh, all weekend rumors have it that it's not over yet just called a timeout just called another timeout we're hearing um trade they should be able to trade assets for draft timeouts i feel like that would be a good idea you should have to trade assets for draft timeouts (laughs) in general during the damn draft (laughs) you lose a pick every time fantasy football You, you get the next best one on the tsn Top yeah. auto, or you just auto forfeit. Pick. You said nothing. You go. You go it goes by nothing. the NHL Central Scouting, like best player available. If you don't make your pick in like two minutes, it's like, all right, you get the generic best player available according to the NHL Central Scouting. You're auto pick. Six, you're getting a six foot five, um, two hundred thirty pound stay at home defenseman. Yeah. Oh my God! Almost every team would love that. Great, he knows what it takes to win. The Hurricanes trade down what, like five times? Was it? 
five times in total, including from their first round pick, which I mean, I think it makes sense personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, jokes aside about the timeouts and all that, I mean, they accumulated, they they, they took a lot of shots in the dark in a draft where it's basically a shot in the dark to start with. So uh, they they swung for, they swung many times, 13 times, and you like their odds of landing on a couple of those guys, at least. Um, it's basically another thing Don Waddell said. I mean, that was their plan going in was to get as many picks as they could get because of the uncertainty this year with the scouting and not being able to see a lot of guys in person that you know you're going to miss on some guys but the in theory the more picks you get the more chance you're going to hit on a couple of them I mean you got to feel pretty good about a guy named Bobby Orr getting drafted to your team there you go yeah I mean that's just like the math standpoint you know it's like if it's it's the smart thing to do like not even in this year's draft like every draft when you reach the fourth fifth sixth seventh round you might as well i mean who cares i mean geez i mean you're gonna there are going to be some players in every draft that are guys that that make it from that point in the draft and you might as well accumulate as many picks as you have trade back as many times as you can um and take those shots. So there was literally did. a player drafted named why not on day two. Cameron, so, why not? I <laughs> so. legit, I looked at my screen and I thought that was like, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a joke or draft was interesting. We have free agency coming up on Wednesday, right? Yes. Wednesday. Wednesday at noon, I think. So we're going to get a lot of answers to a lot of questions. And you know what? This week we're having two podcasts so that we can discuss everything that happens in, in the next few days. Who knows what's going to happen? When we talk again, who the hell knows what's going to happen? But there, are, here. there are so many, like different combinations of things because we haven't talked that much about like you know Waddell said they're hoping to sign Martin Nook and McGinn again we've we've talked about that may not be the best idea but like they need to like because that's the other besides like signing goalies signing Dougie like they have things they need to do to like try to get better too they need to try to spruce up their bottom six like they're but they're you, you they're it's just crazy sitting here thinking about it like we're gonna record again and five days four days maybe if we do it on thursday there yeah. are so many different combinations of things that could happen to the carolina hurricanes and their 21 22 roster in those four or five days i mean it, it's insane if we go off my my fan theory that the can't carolina hurricanes current front office just hates everything ron francis ever did safe to say probably aho natchez lorenz somewhere in canada by the time we record there you go this is not true, but it's just kind of funny of that everything Ron Francis drafted is gone. Yeah, they are not hesitant on trading away Ron Francis's glorious, precious draft picks that he uh, that he got. Um, the, with being gone, I think 2000, I, and I didn't go back any before this. Well, I know the 2009 first rounder was Philip Paradis, so I guess you can include 2009. But the 2009 through 2016, none of the players the Hurricanes picked in the first round in any of those years are still with the team. 
unless you maybe want to count Jordan Stahl because they traded that first-round pick for him. I mean, but they selected Pouliot with it, like Derek Pouliot. And... Well, I think Rutherford said a year later they were going to take Grigorenko, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And he's also. <laughs> right. Good chance that that would not have changed if they did not if they had held on to that pick. The Canes didn't have a good track record for drafting back then either. Was it Boychuk right before Eric Carlson? All right, let's I think let's not think back too far. Yeah, let's let's. Well, ironically, yeah. Francis's best first round pick far and away was his last one. Yes. Natchez. Some something broken clock. Something something. Yeah, well, that go. was the only draft that I was at in person, so I mean that's probably why. But yes, of course, that's that tracks. Andrew actually was Francis' confidant in that draft, whispering his ear, said, "Natchez is your guy." My whisper in his ear in 2017 would have been, "Trade your first round pick for Matt Duchesne." So it's probably a good thing I didn't have that. <laughs> Oof. And on that note, we're done. Thank you for listening to the Canes Country Podcast this week. Uh, we'll talk to you later this week again. Then who knows what's going to happen. Where can the people follow you on Twitter and only Twitter, Andrew? At A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3. And Ryan. At R-Y-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore. You can follow me at Brett Finger on Twitter. You can follow Canes Country at Canes Country. Instagram, Canes Country Picks, P-I-X. Uh, please read the site. We have so much content going up ahead of free agency and during free agency. Uh, total breakdown of all the draft stuff that happened. Um, lots of stuff to go through there. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, you like listening to the podcast, please rate, subscribe, um, do all those things that, that help us uh, follow the podcast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Rate, review. Those things help us out very, very much. And we will talk to you later this week.